Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Greetings, Bill Nye here. Today, I'm made of plastic, recycled plastic. Now, if I told you that climate change brought on by a warming world is not a problem, you'd probably say, Bill, have you lost your head? If we can recover and recycle plastic, we can not only keep it from becoming trash, we can use that plastic again and again. It's an amazing material. What's more is that when we use recycled material, we also reduce our carbon footprint. What's not to love? Recycling partners of Jamaica. Yeah, we got to make a change. And we have to do it now, can't wait for later. We put plastic in its place. And we all can agree that we'll be safer than in the gullies and in the jains. Recycling partners of Jamaica. We put plastic in its place. We all know the good that recycling does for Darwin and its environment, but a few simple mistakes can mean the difference between recycling right and wasting our recycling efforts. Putting plastic bags in the yellow bins, for example, can send tons of good recycling to landfill. So don't let our efforts go to waste. Learn to recycle for good. You wouldn't do something halfway, would you? In the U.S., we're recycling less than 50% of our bottles and cans. Join PepsiCo in the recycling of every last bottle and can. But here's the thing. Most of this plastic will end up in a landfill, or burned, or in the ocean. And that's because most plastic is not recyclable. Oh, but it's got the recycling symbol right on it! This is the recycling symbol created in 1970. And this is a resin identification code created by the plastics industry in 1988 to trick people into thinking plastic was recyclable and therefore maybe okay for the environment. Plastic recycling is a lie to sell more plastic. Plastic recycling is a lie to sell more plastic. Plastic recycling is a lie to sell more plastic.
Welcome, everybody, to nwczradio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. It's another midweek edition. My name is Big D. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it. I hope you enjoy our time together as much as I enjoy being here. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that may upset some people. Because what we're going to talk about today, in my opinion, is the greatest global propaganda psyop scam probably of all time. I think it is the setup to a lot of the things that we're seeing going on today. I think it was the setup mentally for the COVID response of the average person, the psyop that went on, the propaganda that went on. This has all been set up. I've been looking into it for quite some time, trying to figure out how we got here, how so many people fell for the lies, how so many people folded so fast. And I think we've been conditioned over time, and there are certain pointers that we can look back to to see where they have floated out trial balloons and have been extremely successful. The problem is they've been so successful, many people do not want to believe what I'm going to present today. But before we get into it, I want to remind you that you can reach out to us at downtherh at protonmail.com. That's downtherh at protonmail.com. I want to thank our friends at fringeradionetwork.com and nwczradio.com channel one for carrying the program. All right, let's get into it because this is a fascinating study. And it's something that's come to my attention over and over again. But like most people, I thought maybe just maybe, the presenters of this point of view were the ones who were doing the duping. But the more I dig into it, the more I realize we've all been duped. Therefore, the topic of today is the recycling scam. And before you shut off because you're a big believer in recycling, hear me out. We're going to go through a lot of articles today. We're going to go through the history of recycling and the history of the propaganda that has been used by the industries themselves to guilt us into this huge recycling scam. Now, does that mean that all recycling is bad? Of course not. It's the same thing that's going on with the climate change. It's the same thing that went on with COVID. With COVID and with the climate change, there are merits on both sides. You don't just throw the entire thing out. There were concerns with COVID. It was okay to be cautious. It was okay to assess the situation. That was fine. We should all do that. That, that should be part of our everyday life, assessing situations, getting to the bottom of it. Is what we're being told the truth? and then being allowed to make our own decisions. But when we are being hammered that there is only one solution, and it's all coming from the top in a coordinated effort, you have to wonder why. Same thing with the global warming scam. There are scientists who disagree. However, they're all labeled as crazy, nuts, and cast aside. So you see how this works now. And I believe the greatest global scam prior to COVID and the global warming is this recycling. So let's get into it. We have a lot of articles to get through. 
and we're going to break this down. Let's start with article out of Breitbart, because this was released just yesterday, October 24, 2022. Report trashes plastic recycling environmental benefits as a myth. Plastic pollution has long been the favorite cause of climate activists with demands for consumers to recycle their plastic trash, quote, for the good of the planet, all while using less. However, there's a big problem. A report released Monday now claims the promise of creating an efficient circular economy through recycling is fiction, with households producing more negative impacts on the environment, not less. A study by Greenpeace, and I looked this up. I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. Greenpeace. I'm going to find myself agreeing with Greenpeace here, which is very, very rare. They did a study that found some 51 million tons of plastic waste generated by U.S. households. That's just the U.S. only. We're not talking about the rest of the world. Just in the U.S., 51 million tons of plastic by households in 2021. Out of that, only 2.4 million tons were recycled, which is roughly about 5%. According to this, after peaking in 2014 at 10%, the trend has been steadily decreasing especially since China stopped accepting the plastic waste from other countries in 2018. We'll get into that as we move on in this topic because there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of scam going on here as to where your so-called recyclables are being recycled, how they're being pushed onto some of these small third-world nations, and they are literally becoming just trash countries because they can't recycle it. According to Greenpeace campaigner Lisa Ramsden, she told the AFP, industry groups and big corporations have been pushing for recycling as a solution. By doing that, they have shirked all responsibility. She named Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, Unilever, and Nestle as the prime offenders. According to Greenpeace's USA survey, according to Greenpeace's USA survey, Only two types of plastic are widely accepted at the nation's 375 material recovery facilities. The first is PET, polythene terephthalate, which is commonly used in water and soda bottles. And the second is the high-density polythene HDPE, which is seen in milk jug shampoo bottles and cleaning products. However, there's a problem even with those. In 2018, Breitbart did a report that the recycling policy was deemed to be killing the oceans with plastic pollutions while piling up on land in third world countries, a study by a Finnish public health health expert outlined. This report was written for Global Warming Policy Foundation by Miko Paunio, who was a professor at the University of Helsinki, and it was titled Save the Oceans, Stop Recycling Plastic. And I looked that up. I'm going to put that in the show notes. It's not very long. I recommend you read it. In this study, he says, The title may sound odd to ordinary people, but the sad fact is that the global recycling industry has significantly added to the marine plastic litter problem. I have put recycling in quotes because only a small fraction of plastic recovered from consumers is actually recycled. The material collected is dirty and so mixed up that it is impossible to produce the high-quality raw material required For example, the food packaging industry. 
Most recovered plastic is simply burned or dumped on land, in rivers, or even directly in the ocean. So when you hear about this big problem that's in the ocean with all the plastic that's out there, and it is a problem and there's a lot of it out there, they love to use PSYOP and propaganda to blame you. And I will show you how that's happening as we move forward. The problem, see, is you. According to... Panillo, the sensible and effective solution to plastic waste is to incinerate it. This reduces its bulk by 80% and means it can be safely disposed of in a landfill. According to most articles that I have read, plastic recycling is a failed concept. And for those of you who have been around long enough, if you remember the, in the 70s is when this push really, really started here in America anyway. And there was a big ad campaign that went out with, it showed trash all over, and there was supposedly this Native American back then, they were called an Indian, and he had long black hair with ponytails, and he had a feather in his hair, and he was wearing traditional Indian clothes. And the climax of the commercial is a tear running down his face. Well, the reality of that commercial is that that was an Italian-American actor. He was not Native American at all, and they just dressed him up. And I'll get more into that. This according to The Guardian. Most plastics will never be recycled, and the manufacturers could care less. Oil and gas companies make far more money churning out new plastic than reusing the old. Meanwhile, the public gets the blame. That's the PSYOP. That's the propaganda. According to this article, plastic recycling is a scam. As you diligently sort your rubbish, you dutifully wash your plastic containers, then everything gets tossed in a landfill or thrown in the ocean anyway. According to one analysis, only 9% of all plastics ever made has likely been recycled. The companies making all that plastic have spent millions on advertising campaigns lecturing us about recycling while knowing full well that most plastics will never be recycled. According to this article, a new investigation by National Public Radio and the Public Broadcasting Service reports that the large oil and gas companies that manufacture plastics have known for decades that recycling plastic was unlikely to ever happen on a broad scale because of the high cost involved. Quote, they were not very interested in putting any real money or effort into recycling, because they want to sell virgin material. Quote, if the public thinks that recycling is working, then they are not going to be as concerned about the environment. Oh, there's the tie. This has been the setup for what we're going on now with Save the Planet. And the whole thing is a lie. According to this article, perhaps one of the most effective bits of propaganda that big business has come up with was to shift the burden of combating the climate crisis onto individuals in the idea of the, quote, carbon footprint. BP, which is British Petroleum, popularized the term in the early 90s. It has been what's called the most successful deceptive PR campaigns maybe ever. While oil companies were telling us to fret about our carbon usage, they were doing whatever they wanted. 20 fossil fuel companies can be directly linked to more than one-third of all greenhouse gas emissions. 
Chevron, Exxon, BP, and Shell are behind more than 10% of the world's climate emission since 1965, but they have successfully convinced that people start pollution and that people can stop it. If we just fly less, recycle more, all of this, and the planet will be okay. And BP spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on that, that carbon footprint campaign. I wonder if you knew that. Did you know that the whole carbon footprint thing came from the oil industry itself? Well, it did. According to Daily Cost, K-O-S, the plastic recycling scam. In the late 1960s, the leading companies in the plastic industry realized that as plastic packaging became more ubiquitous, plastic waste was going to become a public issue. As a defensive measure, they developed a campaign to ensure that the public would know who was responsible for any plastic trash lying about. It would be you. All you litter bugs out there. And it's because you wouldn't be bothered with just carefully disposing of all that great plastic. You're the problem. According to them, the crying Indian, which is the commercial I was referring to earlier, they say this, the shift from Keep America Beautiful's bland admonishments about litter to the crying Indian did not represent an embrace of ecological values, but instead indicated industry's fear of them. In the time leading up to the first Earth Day in 1970, environmental demonstrations across the United States focused on the issue of throwaway containers. All these protests held industry, not consumers, responsible for the proliferation of disposable items that depleted natural resources and created a solid waste crisis. Enter the Crying Indian, a new public relation effort, propaganda, that incorporated ecological values but deflected attention from the beverage and packaging industry practices. So they switched the blame. All those who were marching early on in the 70s, their ire was directed at the industries themselves. And what did the industries do? They paid propaganda advertisement firms to come up with a way to flip the script. At first, environment groups strongly supported the Keep America Beautiful campaign, but they quickly came to realize that the founders of the campaign weren't really interested in dealing with plastic waste. According to this, although the Indian who tears up when he sees a bag of litter thrown on the ground was really an Italian-American actor with a feather stuck in his hair, the ad's sneakier deception was that its expression of concern about pollution was brought to the airwaves by many of the same companies that produced the pollution. Even as their ad was inducing guilt in viewers for spreading trash, Keep America Beautiful's members were fighting legislation that could have done way more to address the problem. In fact, the plastics industry, which includes many fossil fuel companies that create this raw material and all the chemical compounds were in major trouble. The governments were coming after them for creating all of this when it's way cheaper to produce plastic than it is glass. So their profits are going through the roof. There was a time in America and in the world, say post-World War II, where most people, when they bought something and it came in a container, they reused these containers over and over and over again. Even when I was a kid, jelly jars, Coke bottles, coffee cans, 
all these things that were bought at the grocery store, they were not seen as throwaway items. You brought them home, you used the product, and there were advertisements showing how you could reuse these things, make things out of them. But it was expensive to produce these things. And so they wanted to reduce their cost of packaging. And when plastic was invented, basically during World War II, while they were trying to find better material, lighter material for war machines, it got transferred over into industry and it was a boom for them. The problem is there's not a whole lot you can do with most plastic things and they even advertised at the time that these were single-use items. It was convenient. You didn't have to have all these jars around. You didn't have to have all these cans around. You could just use this and toss it away. And people thought that was great at the time. If any of you have seen the 1967 movie The Graduate, which had Dustin Hoffman in it, his character was ad advised to go into plastics. And at that time, less than 25 million tons were produced each year. According to this article, even back then, the companies that made the plastics were already aware of the growing waste problem. Yet by 1980, production doubled. Ten years later, it doubled again to 100 million tons. That surpassed the amount of steel produced globally. Today, the plastics industry, estimated to be worth more than $4 trillion dollars, generates more than 300 million tons of plastic a year, according to the most recent records. Nearly half of which is for single-use items, meaning that it will almost instantly become trash. In his book, Social Credit, Nightmare on Your Street, by Dr. Vernon Coleman, he writes this, Recycling was introduced worldwide as a tool to teach citizens how to become compliant forcing citizens to sort their trash into up to nine separate bags or boxes every week had absolutely nothing to do with saving the planet and everything to do with teaching citizens through a mixture of fine and shame to behave responsibly, i.e. to do as they were told without looking too closely at the rationale of what they were being told to do. The recycling never had anything to do with protecting the planet. Most of the, of the rubbish sorted, washed, and collected in the UK was taken abroad by truck, ship, train, and it was either burnt or dumped. It was, quite simply, impractical and not cost-effective to recycle the material that had been collected. And, of course, collecting the sorted garbage involved massive cost in terms of cash and pollution. And we'll get into that in a moment. Also, according to his article, the biggest cause of plastic in the sea are dumped fishing gear and plastic waste, much of it officially designated as, quote, recycled, which has been dumped by ships. According to another article, March 11, 2021, here are five reasons explaining why recycling is a scam, how the current focus on recycling is actually bad for the environment. The five reasons they give and I'm not going to go into them in specific detail. You can read through it. But one, recyclables have been bought before being recycled. Two, recycling is expensive. It, and it is majorly expensive. According to this, in 2016, it cost New York $18 per ton more to collect and process recyclables than to dispose of the regular garbage. 
In 2020, it cost Boston $140 a ton to process recyclables, forcing them to budget $4.8 million just for recycling. A report from SMB Global Platts reveals that recycled plastic now cost an extra $72 a ton compared with a newly made plastic. And as this cost continues to rise, the demand of recycled products falls. The number three reason is recycling wears down the material. And this is true. The more it recycles, the the more it degrades, the, the less it can be used. It ends up just sitting around. Four, recycling harms the environment as well. Wait, what? I thought it was good for the environment. According to this, while recycling does indeed help reduce the amount of waste generated, recycling waste in order to generate new materials takes energy and generates waste product as well. For example, recycling paper creates paper sludge, a mixture of dyes and ink cleaning chemicals, amongst other things. And the fifth reason, according to this article, is not everything is recyclable, and we'll get into that a little later. I did think the final word on this article was interesting. It says, of course, despite everything, recycling is still good. And (laughs) that is where our brains are broken. Despite all of this, she says, recycling is still good, even though it's clogging up landfills, ending up in the oceans, hardly any of it gets recycled. Oh, yeah, just but keep doing it. She says, however, when it comes to making an actual environmental impact, recycling shouldn't be touted as a solution to all our environmental issues. In fact, this belief that recycling alone can save the world is causing us to consume voraciously, causing a waste epidemic that no one has the answer to. According to Liberty Nation News, the recycling scam, is it really saving the planet? According to Wall Street Journal, the price of used aluminum has cratered 30% over the last 12 months because the demand has dissipated. Despite social pressures, metal producers, aluminum rollers, automobile and airplane manufacturers, and others are scrapping used cans from their business models. As a result, used soda cans are piling up in scrapyards. This is part of a much broader downturn in the recycling industry, including paper and plastic. Most of this is driven by Chinese tariffs and heightened standards in recyclables purity. According to this article, the argument for recycling is not grounded in fact, science, or economics. If we had an honest discussion, it would conclude with abandoning the blue bins and tossing out our garbage instead. The environmental practice uses three times more resources than disposing of waste in a landfill. The cost to recycle is around $150 per ton compared to $28 to throw trash in a landfill. Curbside recycling costs 55% more than other methods. And the environmental impact is greater because there are more trucks on the road. Recycling two popular products, newspaper and glass bottles, is more harmful to the environment. Newspapers need to be de-inked with chemicals and states ship their glass bottles to other jurisdictions. Ultimately, we're using more energy to recycle than it would to start from scratch. According to this article, at this point, we're just going through the motion. It's something we've always done. Recycling allows folks to act like they're caring. It gives us the impression that we're saving the planet, and it makes us feel superior to those who don't recycle. That's the PSYOP. Recycling 
doesn't save resources, doesn't help the environment, and it doesn't help us save money. The whole thing is a pack of lies. This according to Yahoo News. Plastic recycling remains a myth, says Greenpeace study, and we already went through that. According to Treehugger, this, this is an environmental website, Treehugger, sustainability for all. New report confirms recycling is BS. NPR investigation blames big oil for misleading the public. According to this article, we have a tradition on Tree Hugger on every November 15th since 2008. On American Recycles Day, we do a post calling recycling what it is. Quote, a fraud, a sham, a scam perpetrated by big business on the citizens and municipalities of America. And I would include the world. Recycling makes you feel good about buying disposable packaging and sorting it into neat little piles so that you can then pay your city or town to take away and ship across the country or further so that somebody can melt it down, downcycle it into a bench if you're lucky. An expose on NPR by Laura Sullivan, quote, how big oil misled the public into believing plastics would be recycled goes even further, showing how it doesn't even get into benches. According to this article, it is clear that plastic recycling never made much economic sense because the plastics deteriorate with each cycle. That's why the industry talked about how the bottle wants to be a bench. It's also expensive to pick up all this stuff and to separate it. Plastics cannot all just be melted down together. They have different chemistries and uses. Only a few actually had value when recycled. And here is that article. By Laura Sullivan. All of this will be in the show notes. How Big Oil Misled the Public into Believing Plastic Would Be Recycled. By NPR. In this article, Laura Liebrick, who's a manager at Rogue Disposable and Recycling in Southern Oregon, says, To me, it felt like it was a betrayal of the public trust. I had been lying to people unwittingly. That's the PSYOP. That's the propaganda. It is so deep. And as you go through this article, it explains a lot of what we're talking about. How big business lied, corporations lied, the history of them lying, and how plastic recyclables is a massive scam. But I hear some of you saying, well, but on the bottles and on the plastic, it has the little symbol. It has the symbol that says it's recyclable, and I, I read the symbol. Well, let's look into the history of this symbol. This is a piece on dye line, the history of plastic, the theft of the recycling symbol. Do you know that the original reduce, reuse, recycle, it has the little arrows? I'm going to put this article in. You need to look at it because it has the visuals. But you all know the original symbol that has the arrows going in a triangle. It says reduce, reuse, recycle. We've, we learned it in school. We've heard it a million times. Well, that came from the Container Corporation of America, the CCA. And at the time, they were a prominent manufacturer of corrugated paper board and boxes. Well, they held a student contest to develop a label for recycled and recyclable paper cardboard and to raise awareness about recycling. A 23-year-old University of Southern California student, Gary Anderson, who was not into art, he was, I believe, he was more into architecture, he came up with that symbol. 
And in this article explains what he was thinking, and it shows the actual original design. And he was paid $2,500 as a tuition for this design. Once the CCA got this symbol and they adopted it, and they got other companies to adopt it. It, ha- it was so successful that they were unable to trademark the design. It, it, w- it went out too fast, and it fell into public domain. Now anyone could use it for any purpose. You had no need to license this symbol. So any product anywhere could take that and just slap it on their product, and people associated it with, oh, hey, this is recyclable. Then, in 1988, the Society of Plastics Institute, SPI, developed a system of codes, and this is what we see today. They're called RIC codes, Resin Identification Codes. And the symbol stole the three arrow forming the triangle, and they put a number in the center of it. There are seven of these. The SPI assigned seven types of plastics a code. Not all municipal recycling programs accept the same materials. The onus was, and for the most part, remains the consumer to know what type of plastics are processed locally. So what did they do once they got this, they got a hold of the recycle symbol and put their numbers into it? What most companies do, they lobbied state governments to adopt the RIC systems. And when I say lobbied, they paid them off. Although the symbols themselves caused the impression that items bearing RIC identifiers could be recycled, that was not the case. And it confused everybody. According to this, either a consumer believes the packaging they're holding comes from recycled materials. It's not. There are different logos for that, or that it's recyclable, meaning check with your local recycling facility. Two decades later, the American Society for Testing Materials, or ASTM, would take over the administration of the RIC and add new codes. And in 2013, change the RIC symbols, replacing them with the arrows of a solid triangle, is to, quote, bring focus back to the system's core mission, resin identification and quality control prior to recycling. And then it also shows the widely recycled symbol from the UK, and how they came up with that, and it goes on. His conclusion in this article is, for all the good intentions the CCA had, the recycling symbol became a tool of plastic lobbyists looking to stave off perceived threats to their industry by creating confusion over recycling. According to this author, Rudy Sanchez, recycling is fundamentally broken. Rather than something which represents a continuous unbroken loop, The very promise of a circular economy became a series of arrows chasing after themselves and going nowhere. But yet we all believe it, and a lot of us still do it. Wall Street Journal. Aluminum makers ditch can business. Use beer and soda cans pile up as mills turn to producing more profitable auto parts. Used cans are piling up at scrapyards because U.S. aluminum companies are turning Fewer of them into new metal. Arconic Incorporated and other aluminum rollers are producing less sheets for beverage cans and more higher margin flat rolled aluminum for automotive and industrial components. Prices for used aluminum cans in the U.S. have fallen about 30% since last summer. Old cans are less versatile and are basically scrap. 
The makers of airplane and car parts prefer not to use aluminum made from recycled cans. More new cans in the U.S. are made from imported aluminum. According to Molson Coors Brewing Company, we'd prefer to purchase domestic can sheet, but as of right now, there is not enough to supply the domestic market. It says producing aluminum for cans isn't as profitable as rolling sheets for car companies. Aluminum rolling mills are paid about a dollar a pound above the market price for the raw aluminum compared with about 35 cents a pound for converting can sheeting. The challenging economics is a troubling sign for food and package companies that are facing pressure to embrace recycling. Other recycled materials are facing similar problems. Scrap paper and plastic prices have collapsed since China imposed higher standards on the purity of those products imported from the U.S. China implemented tariffs of 50%. And the big problem is most of the recycling that was actually recyclable, which is not much, was being trucked over to China or other third world countries. And it is now just piling up over there. I have a real-world, first-hand look into this. I have a friend who is a garbage collector for a big city. And he told me that, and I've seen it, at the local waste facility where they supposedly do recycling, and they, when you put your recycle bin out, they take it there and they pay people to sort it all out. Most of it ends up right back in the garbage. What's left, such as bottles, they separate into green, brown, clear, all of that. There are mountains and mountains of glass that are going nowhere because nobody's buying them and they, have, they don't know what to do with them. They could melt them all down, but because they're deemed recyclable and because they spend all the money to come around and collect them, they're hoping to sell them off and get some of their money back, but it's not happening. So as you can see... A lot of this recycling stuff is a scam and being perpetrated by advertisement agencies and propaganda outlets pushed onto us by big business, big companies, big corporations. They wanted to flip the guilt script to where you feel bad or you feel virtuous or you feel good. You feel good because you recycle. You feel good because you separate your trash. You feel good. Cities do this. Be a good citizen. Save the planet. And it has become a way of life based on an absolute lie. And it's well into mainstream. Hasbro, according to this article, Hasbro announces long overdue changes to Monopoly's community chess cards. For the first time, in over 85 years, Monopoly's 16 community chess cards are about to get a refresh. And one of the refreshments, or one, one of the changes they want to do to the game is in when you pick a community chess card, you are penalized for not recycling your trash. According to this, most tra this is from a study, most trash polluting Galapagos Islands comes from illegal Chinese fishing boats. Illegal Chinese fishing boats are responsible for the majority of man-made ocean waste found near or in the Galapagos Islands. Ecuador's federal government released the result of a new study on July 25th that found the majority of garbage detected in or near the Galapagos Islands, quote, comes from Asian vessels that fish in international waters. And it is amazing to me, if you're in the Western world, Canada, United States, if you're over in Europe, 
And the pressure is so strong on all of us to save the planet. Reduce, 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 reuse, recycle, lower your temperature, don't use as much gas, on and on. Nobody points the finger at China. They're not, their feet are not held to the fire. India not being held to the fire. None of the third world countries. And if you've traveled around, I have traveled to many countries, and some places are just garbage piles. There's garbage everywhere. I remember being in Morocco and taking a train from Tangier to Fez, and it was shocking how much garbage I saw go by out the window of that train. Yet when you get back here, all you hear is about how terrible we are, and the PSYOP is strong. Now, am I saying that all recycling is bad? No, of course not. I think there, there are some merits to some recycling. But there's also all these myths around it, too, that you're not being told because it has become commonplace and it has been sold to all of us that this is your duty. This is your responsibility. According to this article, let's move into something beyond plastics, trees and paper. We're all told, stop using so much paper. Don't, you're using way too much paper. We're killing trees. We're ruining the forest. It's damaging the earth. We can't keep it up. It's not sustainable. Well, this is complete baloney. According to this article in Two Sides, in North America, it takes less than two seconds to grow fiber needed for a standard number 10 envelope on a 100 acres of managed forest. For many years, international papers, quote, go paper, grow trees campaign and print grows trees operated by the Printing and Graphics Association, has been promoting the vital link between paper and print. In North America, we grow many more trees than we harvest. Forest areas in the U.S. increased by 5,800 football fields per day between 2007 and 2012, or a total of 14 million acres. I bet you haven't heard that. In Canada, the forest cover has remained stable, and over the last two decades and in recent years, Canada's actual harvest has been 44% of annual growth. To illustrate the powerful renewable features of well-managed North American forests, we calculated how much time it takes to grow some well-known paper products. Here were their results. The time it required to grow the fiber needed for a number 10 envelope is between 0.03 to 1.9 seconds per 100 acres of managed North American forest. The time required to grow the fiber needed for a ream of 500-sheet office paper is 0.03 to 2.2 hours per 100 acres. The fastest growth rates were for loblolly pine and hybrid aspen, and the slowest is for black spruce. Given the above, a forest landowner or tree farmer who has 100 acres of commercial pulpwood could produce enough wood fiber for the following products with just new tree growth achieved in one year. So in one year of new tree growth, this is what they can accomplish. 15.8 million number 10 envelopes or 4,000 reams of copy paper of 500 sheets each. A market for paper products also benefits local communities given that a portion of the income from wood sales is reinjected into local business and services. According to this article, 
Claims such as go paperless, go green, or save trees misleads consumers into believing that paper is a cause of deforestation when it clearly is not. Well-managed forests provide a multitude of environmental, social, and economic benefits to thousands of North American communities. They're also key to helping mitigate climate change due to carbon sequestration and promoting biodiversity compared to other land uses. Forest products, such as paper, can support a vibrant and renewable forest cycle that can be sustainably managed for the long term. I just think back and I remember when they were forcing, well, they were putting the pressure on all of us at work to go paperless for our checks. You get a, you get, we used to get a check every two weeks. We would walk in, they would hand you your check, it would be in an envelope, and then they wanted you to go direct deposit. And the big push was on. And part of the big push was to save trees. Now, mind you, where I worked, Paper was used in massive amounts on a daily basis. It was paper everywhere. Signs hanging up everywhere. Reams of papers stapled everywhere. Paper was used in a huge quantity on a massive daily basis. Yet, we were being guilted in because twice a month we, got it, we went in and got a piece of paper, a statement, in an envelope and we were being guilted to save the planet, reduce paper usage, in order for them, basically, it was a convenience factor, you see? It's all about convenience. Hey, we'll just slide it right into your bank account. I resisted for a long, long, long time. I did eventually go in, go that way, and in a lot of jobs, you don't even have an option anymore. You do not get to go pick up a check. It is solidly direct deposit. And this is where I think a lot of the stuff has been the early steps on the ladder to the overall Orwellian takeover of everything being digital. Everything will be in the cloud. Everything is run through computers and ultimately a chip. So I'll wrap this recycling thing up on... A positive note because there are some merits to recycling some things actually the best thing you can do is to reuse things if you really want to save the landfill if you really want to keep trash down reuse things or buy things with less packaging have you ever noticed that when you order something from amazon or you go to costco or you go to any box store or you go to a grocery store or whatever that the packaging is insane. Oversized boxes, inside the box is a plastic bag, plastic bag inside of that, plastic wrap around the box. The packaging is crazy, yet nobody brings this up. We are the problem, not them, not the way they're packaging the material. It's what we do once we buy the package. See, we're the problem. It's our job to take their mess and clean it up. It's insane. But there are some good things you can do. There are some recycled materials that actually are profitable and do some good. One is steel. Steel actually is North America's most recycled material. More steel is recycled every year than aluminum. More than paper, more than glass, and more than plastic combined. 
steel is a good thing. And what they do with this is they, they take the scrap of steel and it can be remelted and it can be made into all kind of products for cars, appliances, construction material, and so forth. That is a good thing. Recycle your steel. Aluminum cans are one of the more recyclable materials. The problem is they're not recycling them as much because it's become cheaper to just roll new sheets of aluminum. However, they are still recycling aluminum cans, and that is not a bad thing. Newspapers or paper. It does cause problems with the sludge and with all the ink and everything. However, get your newspapers, any of your printed material, and put it in. Get it recycled. Paper is hard to decompose, and it causes carbon dioxide to release if it's just in the landfill. There are problems with paper, and paper can be recycled. Is it saving trees? No, it is not. In fact, the trees that are used to make paper grow quite fast, and people who grow these trees for the paper industry, they're experts at it, And it doesn't take long to grow these trees. So when you hear about the Brazilian forest or the Australian forest or all these places that are going down and and they are claiming it's because of the paper industry, they're lying. That's not actually happening. And there are a couple of plastics that can be recycled. The problem with that is also if they're contaminated in any way, they're not clean, there's still contents in them, That contaminates the other plastic, and therefore the entire thing is tossed out. So mostly water bottles are a good thing to recycle. There's too many of those around. Or at least get them in the trash. Do that. But the reality is is that this recycling scam is just that. And it was a propaganda campaign from the beginning. It was to shift the blame onto the public. It was run by the very businesses that are putting the materials out there. And we all bought it hook, line, and sinker. And some of us still can't let it go because it's so ingrained. So disagree? Agree? Let me know. Email me, downtherh at protonmail.com. Now, before I get on out of here, I had some other stories that I want to put in, but we've gone long. We've covered enough. I want to recommend a book to you that goes along with this topic. And it explains how mass psychosis can take effect, how it does take effect through the use of propaganda. It's a book by Jacques Ellul. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. That's his first name, Jacques. And then his last name is E-L-L-U-L. Ellul. Propaganda the formation of men's attitudes. This is as strong a book as the Edward Bernays book. Edward Bernays explained how he invented and used propaganda. This book explains how propaganda is used on us, how it's set up, how it takes effect, the conditions that are needed for strong propaganda. And Going through this topic today, it reminded me of this book and how important this book is and how they probably took this book and used it against us and will continue to do so. I believe they used it 
against us with the COVID, and I believe they're using it against us with climate change. And the end result always on all of this is that you are the problem. And that if you want to be a good citizen, you have to go their way. If you want to help save the planet and save humanity, you have to do what they say. If you don't want to kill grandma and you want to survive and you want everyone else to be able to go back to work, you must do what they say. Obey. Don't ask questions. Listen to the experts. They're the experts. You just follow along. There is extreme danger in that and we should always be leery and we should always look behind the curtain, dig deep and figure out exactly what's going on. And I believe this recycling scam was one of the major setups for this entire thing. It is global. It has reshifted attitudes, behaviors, belief systems, and it's all based on an absolute lie. I'll put all these articles in the show notes. I encourage you to go through them. Again, you disagree or you have other examples or you want to discuss, email me down the RH at protonmail.com. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week. I'll be back on Sunday with Brandon with a brand new topic. We look forward to it. Thanks for tuning in and I'm out of here. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.